Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Mark Kay from The Mark Kay Show. You hear me every weekday morning from 10 a.m. to noon on 104.5 WOKV, Jacksonville's News and Talk. First of all, thanks for listening to The Mark Kay Show podcast. Second, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Burrish Daily Discussion podcast and Jacksonville's morning news interviews. And don't forget to head to iTunes and Google Play and leave a review. Thanks for listening. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's The Mark Kay Show. The first hour of the Mark K Show starts now. Why are they sending the corona patients to various places all over the country? Why don't they send them to just one place, like California? <laughs> <laughs> what a great idea. What's Nancy Pelosi's congressional district? The 20. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great idea. Put them all in California. Let them uh, let them settle it out. You know, if you're if anyone's sending Corona somewhere, our address is uh, 11700 Central Parkway. Um, you, you know, care of Mark K. What's up? This is the Mark K. Show. My name is Mark K. Thanks so much for joining us today, folks. It's Tuesday. And we're very excited because we have Tommy Laren. Tommy Laren from uh, Fox News and uh, Fox Nation. She's going to be on the show with us later today if she remembers to call in. She's in California. So, you know, they're three hours behind. And she's pretty she's pretty uh, she's pretty responsible person. Um, also, a big debate tonight. Huge debate tonight in South Carolina. All poor South Carolina. All the Democrats are there and they've been canvassing and they've been they've been talking to people and knocking on doors. And Joe Biden's been sniffing around, putting his nose where it doesn't belong. And, um, and Joe Biden still thinks he's going to win South Carolina and come back and take down take down Bernie Sanders, take down Mike Bloomberg. He believes Joe Biden firmly believes that South Carolina is how he's going to get, quote, back in this thing and win it. And, you know, if Bernie Sanders keeps going the way he does uh, and if Michael Bloomberg keeps attacking him, you know what? He may have a uh, he may have a he may have a shot at least of staying around till at least after Super Tuesday, which is March the 3rd, which is coming up next week. So, look, we've got this thing is just still gearing up every single day. There's more and more and more to discuss every single day. And they there's more and more going on with the Democratic nomination. Who is it going to be? Is it going to be Bernie Sanders? If he doesn't keep his mouth shut, it may not be. This whole this whole thing we discussed yesterday about his love of Cuba and his love of Fidel Castro and how he had such he had praise for the guy and how he was saying, oh, you know what? He wasn't all that bad. He made the literacy programs. You remember that? We I mean, we discussed it ad nauseum yesterday and I posted a couple of videos on Facebook. They both went viral. People from Cuba, people whose parents lived in Cuba, people who even went to school with Fidel Castro writing and and commenting and sharing their stories about what a god awful experience it is and how nobody wants to live in Cuba. Don't let it, don't let Bernie Sanders fool you. There's nothing good about it. The literacy program was a sham. It's because he killed all the people beforehand and he needed new government workers. So why? You know what? We should probably teach these people how to read before they uh, before they get jobs in government. Anyway, Bernie Sanders is doing nothing for his image as a socialist except emboldening it and bolstering it and strengthening it. And what happens is. He He's basically feeding his enemies ammunition that they can just, you know, they can just take him out. Michael Bloomberg now has a clear socialist message and about five hundred million dollars that he can spend attacking and trying to take down Bernie Sanders. Tonight on the debate stage, Joe Biden, Pete Buttigieg, everyone else, even Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren, who are look, these two are struggling to stay in it. Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, they are grasping. They are clawing. They're like, you know, feral cats that are just attacking everybody that comes within three feet of them. They need they're fighting for their lives. If if they don't get a good uh, showing in South Carolina, it could be over for Amy Klobuchar. If, if Elizabeth Warren can't get more delegates on her on her uh, delegate count after South Carolina, it could be over for her as well. It could turn into 
really a three or four man race. And when I say three or four man, that's what I mean. The women could be gone. So they are going to be on the super offensive tonight. If you think Elizabeth Warren was angry and vindictive and, and a bully toward Mike Bloomberg, wait till you see what she says and what she does to Bernie Sanders tonight. Wait until you see how Pete Buttigieg comes after Bernie Sanders for being a, a socialist, a, a not even a Democratic socialist, but basically a flat out commie. But that's going to be the narrative tonight. Bernie is a commie. Bernie loves Castro. Bernie and Castro sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S. ING. That's the story tonight that you're going to see in South Carolina because everyone's going to be vying for those delegates. Everyone wants to. They're going to be trying to take it away from Biden, too. Don't think that Joe Biden's not still a target in South Carolina. He still claims that this is his that this is his firewall, that he owns South Carolina, that he's got enough of the African-American vote, that he's going to get out there and he's going to hold tight and he's going to be back in it to win it. But he's ahead by two percentage points. He's ahead of Bernie by two percentage points. You know who's in third place? Tom Steyer. Remember that guy? Where's the plaid Christmas tie? The other billionaire? He didn't even make it on stage in Nevada, but for some reason, he's polling in third place in South Carolina, and everyone's all mad. Everyone's all mad at Tom Steyer. Like, why are you doing this? You're stealing delegates from viable candidates. I'll tell you what, if you were a viable candidate, you'd be able to get the uh, the delegates without Tom Steyer, whether or not Tom Steyer was in the race or not. 855-765-1045. So it is going to be another big, exciting night tonight. Now, I don't know if it's going to be as exciting as the last debate, the Michael Bloomberg takedown shakedown, the beatdown of, of the former mayor of New York City. That was something. If, if this debate tonight gets boring, I have the other one on tape, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to re- replay that one because that one was so exciting. Um, in addition to that, you've got Donald Trump now being attacked by, guess who, the Democrats in the Senate and the House, and what are they attacking him over? The coronavirus. Because Donald Trump wants $2.5 billion for the, uh, for the World Health Organization and the, and the CDC to help fight and combat the coronavirus here at home and abroad. And Senate, Chuck Schumer, saying it's too little, too late. I don't mean, I don't know if that means he's not going to give it to him, but he's basically saying, yeah, it's too little, too late. You want to help sick people who are dying from a disease? It's too little, too late. Uh, President Trump. Again, really, you can't. This Donald Trump goes out and asks for emergency money to help people who are dying from an unknown virus. He goes. The, the stock market plunges over a thousand points yesterday. Donald Trump's trying to trying to curb the panic, and of, and of course Chuck Schumer's out there screaming, and yelling about what a horrible, what a horrible, horrible president he is. You know, there is going to be a revolution in this country. If this, if this continues going on the way it's going on, if Chuck Schumer and and Adam Schiff, who was Adam Schiff. I, this guy's doing the talk show circuit. Did you see this? He was doing. He was on. He was on uh, Colbert or Kimmel or one of these talk shows. Adam Schiff, who has no business being on any talk show, was on a talk show talking about the president. And Adam Schiff is talking about how he's still corrupt and he's still abusing his power and he'll he's never learned his lesson and and with the what the senators have done in the Senate by acquitting him of these articles of impeachment all that they've done is they've inspired him to break even more laws all that they've done is they've inspired him to abuse even more of his power all that they've done is made him a bigger monster than he was before and they've put America in even further jeopardy that's what they did by acquitting Donald Trump. Uh, but it doesn't matter because, you know, Donald Trump's out there and he's and he continues to win. So what's happening now is there is a revolution forming, but it's not the kind of revolution that Bernie Sanders was hoping for. It's not the kind of revolution that his friends Che Guevara and Fidel Castro and, and John Lennon. No, not John Lennon. Who's the other Lennon? The one from Russia. John Lennon was the Beatle. Mark. Yeah. Vladimir. No. Vlad, yeah, thank you. No, that's Vladimir Putin. Uh, you know, the Lenin. I know Jones. the Lenin. Scott knows. John. Mussolini. Mus- <laughs> right. What's his, why can't I think of Lenin's first name? Whose name? Stacy. Yeah, man. Yeah, was- <laughs> Hold <laughs> on, I'll look it up. Calls, man. Scooter. Scooter Lenin. What? Who is the Anyway, all those communist guys. All of the. If you name the, a, a, a communist dictatorial leader, Bernie Sanders, that's their guy. This is not the kind of revolution that we're having. We're going to have another revolution. What Bernie Sanders is doing is he is inspiring Republicans to come out of the woodwork and not just vote, but also run for office. There is a record number of Republicans on the ballots 
this season running for political office. And uh, we'll tell you why here in just a minute. Hannah, yes, you had something you wanted to share? I was correct. It, it is Vladimir Lenin. It was, it was Vladimir Lenin? Yeah. Congratulations. You, want a, Mar- you. you want a Marque Show prize back. Oh, perfect. I you have two a- shirts already. <laughs> well, now you, now you have a third. Uh, anyway, we've got to take a quick break. 855 that's for you, by the way. 855-765-1045. Quick break. I'll tell you all about the red revolution that's coming to the United States of America. And no, it ain't the commies. It's the Republicans. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More of the Marques shows on the way on 104.5 WOKV. Difficulties and Will the IT guy walked in and uh, man, uh, people on the stream really, really dug him. Uh, by the way, uh, here's a fun fact from Will the IT guy: If you ever have a computer issue, just hit Control Alt Delete, and if that doesn't work, then call him back. That's what he always says. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five is the number. By the way, uh, Donna Deegan, who is a uh, long shot hopeful for Congress, um, she's she's running against uh, John Rutherford um, this uh, this this season, I guess. I, you, you remember if she was on TV for a while? She wrote a book. She's got the Donna race, and now I guess she's bored, so she's like, oh, I'll try out for Congress. Um, and I believe she's running as a Democrat, but she she held she held a. Uh, town hall yesterday at a restaurant called Havana Jack's, which I thought was ironic timing because it was the day after Bernie Sanders was going on and on about how much he loved Cuba. And I'm like, oh, look, you got the Democratic frontrunner talking about how Castro was a great guy because he taught people to read. You've got a local Democrat holding a uh, holding a rally or a, a town hall at a place called Havana Jack's. And I thought to myself, I wonder if that's if that's been planned or if it's just, you know, uh, a coincidence or whatever. But I'm definitely starting to see a theme in the Democratic Party on a national scale and here locally. Havana and Cuba seem to be and Castro seem to be the themes running through the national ticket uh, and down into and down into some of the uh, the down ticket races as well. So that's that's kind of a that's kind of an interesting thing. Now, speaking of the down ballot races, this is this is something that I think the Democrats I mean, we know that they're concerned about it. But Michael Bloomberg has has initiated a new plan to publish his Opposition research on Bernie Sanders, which shows that the Democrats are petrified of losing seats in the House of Representatives should Bernie Sanders be the front runner. And that's with I mean, that's a great that's a great piece of opposition research to get out there, if I do say so myself, because, look, he is he is a threat, not just to people that want a Democrat in the White House, but people that want Democrats to maintain control of the House of Representatives, people that want Democrats to to take over the Senate. What has happened with the impeachment trial, what's happened with with Adam Schiff, making Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, your poster children for the Democratic Party for the last three, four years, pushing forth the Mueller probe and the Ukraine probe and the articles of impeachment for the last four years. This has been a horrible this has been a horrible campaign strategy for the Democrats. They have been they have been aptly labeled by the president of the United States as the do nothing Democrats. They have absolutely no accomplishments on their resume since they took over the House in 2018. And the only thing they continue to process is anti-Trump propaganda and anti-Trump, uh, you know, uh, legislature. I mean, really, the only thing if you asked anybody on the street. And you probably shouldn't be talking to strangers on the street, but let's say you're friendly. You walk up to somebody on the street and say, hey, what have the Democrats done in the last two years? They would probably say to you, impeach Donald Trump. You could say, OK, what else? Uh, don't know, because they really haven't. There's no other significant accomplishment that they have. One of them tore up the State of the Union address of the State of the Union. But that's not a significant accomplishment. That's just snarky. So here you have the, a Democratic Party that is already in shambles, that has not done anything legislatively, that has not done anything politically, that does not has not done anything as leaders to embolden their cause and push their agenda and and bring in new voters. I mean, you could there's two ways to campaign. One, you go out and you tell everybody how great a job you're going to do as insert elected office here or you go out and you show people. That you're going to be great. Like if you if you're already in the office, just do a really great job at it. And then you don't even have to campaign. The can't you just go out there and say, hey, I've been doing a good job and I'm running again. Will you vote for me? And people are like, yeah, sure. No problem. No problem at all. I'm happy to. Donald Trump. The first time Donald Trump ran in 2016, he told people what he was going to do. 
And then for three years, he went out and did it. And so now when he goes to campaign, it's easy. He just shows up at the stadium, 25,000 people file in. He goes, remember when I told you how great America was going to be? Look how freaking great it is. Look what I did. And you know what? It's going to be even greater. And people believe it because he's got the resume. He's done the stuff he said he was going to do in 2016. So now when he says, we're going to do more stuff, people are like, hell yeah, we believe you. And then they go out and they vote for Trump. The Democrats don't have any of that. The Democrats don't have any of that. So so Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg and everybody else, all they've got to run, they can't run on. The Democrats have done a great job because they haven't. The one thing they wanted to do was impeach Donald Trump. They couldn't even do that properly. They even failed at failing. So they, they, they stink. So they've got to go out and say, here's what we're going to do as Democrats. Should we become president? The only problem is the stuff that they want to do isn't stuff that anyone else wants done. Bernie Sanders, case in point, nobody wants to lose their health care. A lot of people like it. Nobody wants their taxes to go up to 70 percent. A lot of people enjoy paying a lower tax rate, which we've been paying for the past two years since Donald Trump. And with April, April 15th rolling around, people are going to get a, a really big reminder of how how much less they're paying in taxes and how much bigger their tax uh, refunds have been and how many more deductions they can take. That's good. They're going to get a huge reminder of that here in about two months. And that's going to be bad news for the Democrats. They have nothing to sell. And when you put Bernie Sanders up there, what Michael Bloomberg is telling the Democrats is going to happen, what the Democrats lay awake at night thinking about now uh, and, and worrying about is going to happen. And that is that when Bernie Sanders is your nominee, when when he's running for communist in chief, when you when you put up the most most left wing socialist candidate this country has ever seen of from any party, probably including the Communist Party. When you put him up on the ballot against keep America great Donald Trump, who not only tells people what he's going to do, but can show people what he's already done. It is it is a slaughter, not just at the presidential level. But governors around the country, congresspeople around the country, senators around the country on the Democratic ticket are going to fall one by one. You can't get people inspired to go out and vote for Bernie Sanders. And if they're not going out to vote for Bernie Sanders, they're not voting for any other Democrats on the ballot either. By the way, that is creating a an influx of, of Republicans who want to get to Washington and save this country. We'll tell you all about that here in just a minute. Quick break. It's the Mark K Show on 104.5 WOKV. We'll be right back. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. This is the Mark K Show. 855-765-1045 is the number. 855-765-104. Man, we've been having a very, you know, here's the thing. There's definitely, we should do a whole show, and maybe we will. We have the, I mean, we do a show every day, so we could really plan something, on how to fight socialism with capitalism. Because here's the thing. You know, they say, it's like, what are the opposites? Like, like uh, you dilute, you pour water on a fire and you put it out, right? Or, uh, what is it, oil and vinegar, Make salad dressing or I know there's something I know I'm I'll, I'll take some time and I'll work it out. But the the way to really fight socialism is with capitalism. We're going to do a whole show on that. I'm really excited by that. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five. By the way, we have Tommy Laren coming up later on today. She was in Nevada last week. She's back in L.A. where she lives. But um, I don't know if she's going to South Carolina or not. I don't think she's there tonight for the debate, but she may be there Saturday for the um, for the actual uh, primary, or she may be doing something on Super Tuesday in California because that is coming up on March the third. And a lot of here's what's going to happen now after the debate tonight. There's going to be some campaigning in South Carolina, and then eventually these people, these six contestants, if you if you will, are going to scatter. They're going to go all over. Some of them are going to go to California. Some of them are going to go to Texas. Some of them are going to go to. I don't know. I don't even know. Maine. Who knows? Wherever they think they can go and they can win some votes and win some delegates, that's where they're going to go. Because we go from we go from individual states to a group of something like 14 states on Super Tuesday. And it's going to be a totally different ballgame. Then after Super Tuesday, if there's still six of these clowns left, that's when you're going to see people dropping out because it's going to be it should be a runaway for Bernie Sanders if he can contain his momentum or maintain his momentum. If he can get the delegate count that a lot of people are assuming he's going to get 
And if he can keep everyone else on that stage, Michael Bloomberg with his billions of dollars, uh, Joe Biden with his weird Botox, if, and Pete Buttigieg, you know, with his, like, cute youthful demeanor, if he can get all of those people not to paint him as this raging communist, socialist, dictatorial weirdo, then he should have the strongest delegate count going into uh, or coming out of Super Tuesday, rather. And that would be really that would be really horrible uh, for the Democrats, because, again, the Republicans are not taking this lying down. There is a race now. Ted Yoho, who's a uh, representative from um, Florida three, which is like Gainesville, Plaque area. You guys, Orange Park. You guys know Ted Yoho has been around for eight years. I think he ran four times and he declared he basically Ted Yoho said, hey, I am going to run for four terms, and after eight years, I'm done. And being a man of his word, which is tough to find in Washington, D.C., this is it, eight years and he's over. And I know what you're thinking. Why, Ted Yoho, now would you decide to Why would you leave now when we need you the most? Why would you decide that it's now the time to give up my seat and potentially hand one over to the Democrats? But he's a man of his word. That's the thing, you know, when you make, if he'd said, no, I'll stick around for two more years, that would he would have been attacked. He would have been attacked by everybody. So plus, he's probably sick and tired. He's probably like, this place is crazy. I'm going to go back. To, I'm going to go back to Palatka and hang out with some normal people. There's something nobody ever said. All right, man, I got to get out of Washington and go hang out with the normal people in Palatka. Anyway, so Ted Yoho's out, and he's now got a bunch of people running for his seat. Many Republicans are stepping up, and there's a guy named Gavin Rollins, and this isn't an endorsement at all. We just happen to have audio of him. But he did a video. He was interviewed about how many Republicans are on the tickets in various congressional races this year. There are more Republicans this year on the ticket or on the ticket or uh, who have filed paperwork to run than ever before in history. Something like 703 uh, are running, then, and that is more than ever before because they want to it's, – it's a couple of reasons. Number one, they want to come to the rescue of the president. They see that he's being attacked on a daily basis. They see that he's, uh, he's getting attacked by Congress. Now, Marjorie Green, she's a businesswoman. She's running for Congress, I believe, somewhere in Georgia. Maybe, yeah, she's from Rome, Georgia. She is among a record-breaking number of GOP candidates seeking House seats this year, according to Fox News. And she says, quote, I am tired of seeing my president attacked every day. It's time to get off the bench. She says that conservative women need to stand up to progressive darlings like Rep uh, like uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her squad. She says they are tyrannical socialist Democrats. I'm tired of seeing our future threatened. I'm tired of seeing my children's future extremely threatened. It's time to get off the bench and really step up to the plate. These are radical women that will not bend. They do not want to work across the aisle. They only want their policies of the Green New Deal, Medicare for all and socialism for America. Oftentimes it takes another woman. It takes uh hold on. Let me try that again. Oftentimes it takes a woman to put another woman in her place. That's uh, that's Marjorie Green. She's running for Congress in Georgia. And this is exciting. This is the this is the byproduct of this uber socialist agenda that Bernie Sanders and his cohorts are putting forward and winning with. And this is the byproduct of the Democrats finding real losers like lame brain candidates like Joe Biden pulling Joe Biden back out of the archives, dusting him. Young, Joe, dust it, cut. Well, you got to get out there and run again. Get the dust out. There you go. Go out there and win. Come on, It's almost impossible. It's all, it's like getting a it's like getting a 1964 Duesenberg and putting it on the track at Daytona and saying, OK, go, you know, and you better win, too. It's totally not going to happen. But here you have all these Republicans now facing up, stepping up, getting off the bench, standing up to the plate. And one of them is this guy, Gavin Rollins, who wants Ted Yoho's seat. And he said, here's why me and, and 700 other Republicans are, are, are putting ourselves out there this time around. Uh, let me uh, hold on. I mean, will the IT guy? Do oh, here we go. I think people are excited and energized, and they also have concern. They're they're concerned that if we don't do something now, we could lose our country. Yeah, that's a major concern. If you don't do something now, you could uh, lose your country. If you don't do, here's listen to how he likened the uh, the communist or the socialist agenda in the Democratic Party. Like the Trojan horse, that socialism has come to within the city walls. What like the Trojan horse, socialism has come within the city walls. That is a perfect way to put it.
That is a perfect way to put it. The social, if you're not familiar with the Trojan horse, it's the whole thing where the Greeks were taking over Troy or they were attacking Troy. So they built a big wooden horse and they, they hid inside. They're like, look, we've got it. Troy had, was surrounded by walls. Big, big wall, like Donald Trump sized walls. And there was no way for the Greeks to penetrate Troy. So they built a big wooden horse and they put all their troops inside and they knocked on the door and they were like, uh, you do it. Amazon Prime, we got a delivery. It was this big Trojan horse. And we said, hey, it's a peace offering. We built you this statue, take it on into the gates. They, the Trojans were like, wow, cool horse, bro, thanks. And they rolled it on in and they closed the gates. And then at night, when all the Trojans were sleeping, the horse opened up. And all the Greeks got out. I'm doing ASMR in between. And they went and they slaughtered the Trojans while they were sleeping. So that's what that was the story of the Trojan Horse. And this is a great way to relay it. Except in this time, in this metaphor, basically what happens is the Trojan Horse is the Democratic Party. And the socialists, the communists, the real, I mean, the crazy Castro-loving Bernie Sanders, AOC, Green New Deal people, the people that want to take all of your money and force you to live in a commune called the United States of America, have climbed up into the Democratic Party. They are the Trojan horse. They knocked on the door and they said, hey, America, here's a gift for you. We're just regular run-of-the-mill Democrats. Nothing to see here. And they've wheeled themselves into the city gates. Well, now that they're inside... They are they're starting to slice people's throats. They've they've wheeled themselves into the DNC and they are taking people down. Bernie Sanders is slicing Joe Biden's throat. He is slicing uh, Pete Buttigieg's throat. He's taken out every single mainstream real liberal Democrat. And he's and he's and he's stealing their delegates and he's putting forth this new super socialist agenda. And that's that's reshaping the entire party. Uh, this guy, this guy, uh, uh, Rollins, Gavin Rollins, put it perfectly. You know, he's, he's saying communism is a major threat here in the United States, but not the communism that we used to know, not the communism where Cuba was going to, uh, you know, let Russia put missiles on their on their shore. and We're going to have a Bay of Pigs, not that kind of communism, not the kind of communism that Joe uh, that Joe McCarthy used to fight with the communist sympathizers who were spying in Russia. This is communism from people that are elected officials that are openly campaigning to turn this country into a socialist country. There's a very good possibility that the Democratic nominee is going to be a socialist. The Cold War is over, but the uh, fight against communism and socialism continues. Yeah, the Cold War is over, but the fight against communism continues. And it's actually harder because the enemy is is well veiled. The enemy is hidden in plain sight. The enemy puts on a suit and puts on a tie and calls himself a senator when really he's not he's not a, he's like a premier. He's like uh, he's like the, the general secretary of the of the USSR. That's what you've got. You've got Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, the cute bartender from the Bronx who made good, girl made good and got into Congress. Little do you know that her number one goal is to take the Constitution, light it on fire and replace it with the Communist Manifesto, a book that not only has she probably not even read, but couldn't spell if you offered her 20 bucks. That's where we are today. And that's why Gavin Rollins is running for Ted Yoho's seat. That's why you're seeing a record number of Republicans standing up and saying, this is it. This is do or die. This is the real red revolution. Bernie Sanders is not leading a red revolution for communism in the United States of America. Uh, Donald Trump is leading a red revolution to make sure that capitalism and, and uh, democracy and our republic live long and prosper and not just stop socialism but just wipe it out 855-765-1045 wait i take a quick break i've been talking way too long 855-765-1045 quick break more of the marquee show on the way stay tuned Coming. Guess what? They're coming for Bernie. <laughs> Who was that screaming in the background? That was great. 855-765-104. By the way, if you ever want to send us an open mic message like that guy does all the time, uh, just go to a download our mobile app. It's free. But not like Bernie Sanders free. It's just free because, you know, I mean, it just is. But you go to the App Store, you go to Google Play, wherever you want, and you can download it. It's 104.5 WOKV in the App Store. And what you do is uh, you can hit the open mic feature, record a message, and send it to us, and then we'll play it on the air. 
just like that. 855-765-104. All right, we have some people that uh, want to comment on Bernie Sanders and Democrats and all that kind of stuff. And let's see, who should we start with? Let's start with Patrick in Atlantic Beach. Hi, Patrick. How are you? Hey, good morning, Mark. Good, good morning, Patrick. Good. Um, I'm enjoying your uh, imagery this morning. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um. Uh, here's some imagery for you. I'll set this up. Okay. I'm sure you've seen Star Trek, you know, all the episodes. Do you remember the episodes regarding the Borg? Yes. I, first of all, I don't like that you assumed that I've seen every episode of Star Trek, Star Trek because you're basically <laughs> implying that I'm a big dork. However, I have seen every episode of Star Trek, and I do know about the Borg. <laughs> well, yes. My question, and I'd love for you to comment on yeah. this, is there's so many people, a lot of young people in particular, but not exclusive, that are just brainwashed and assimilated, yeah. um, like the Borg did, to the, the liberal socialist agenda, and they have no idea what history has already proven it to be such a failure. Yeah. So, love for you to opine on this. You know, and it and it's really easy to figure. Thank you so much, Patrick. I appreciate you calling. Uh, and uh, it, it is really, you know, it, it, it's, it all comes with time. That's why the young people, that's why the youth are always the most... Uh, and, you know, easily assimilated, as you would say. And that's why whenever there's any kind of new cult organization or any kind of new sociological, uh, you know, community or political organization, and these are not new per se, but that they want to come back and kind of reestablish themselves, they go to the youth because they have no memory. They have no memory of the truth and they're not being taught anything about what happened. I mean, you're right about that. So, for example, when even with 9-11, I mean, if you think about it, 9-11 was 20 years ago. So it's very difficult. It's 19 years ago, the other Josh is saying. Almost if, 19. Yeah, almost. Man. If you think about it, 19, so a kid who is 14, 15, 16 years old just knows 9-11 from images on television, from what their parents may have told them. They didn't live it. They weren't here. Even kids who are 19, 20, 21 years old were too at the time, they don't have them. They don't understand what it meant. They were babies. They've just heard tell. They don't understand the feelings. They don't understand what those, uh, what those, you know, what what knowing what terrorists could do to us in the blink of an eye. They don't understand the effect of that. And the same is true now with kids and socialism. Uh, you don't, you know, these kids are like, wow, socialism. That sounds amazing. You mean everybody gets a thousand dollars a month and we don't have to work? And you mean everybody gets free college? And if I've already paid for college, you're just going to wipe away my loan? I mean, who wouldn't be attracted by that? Who wouldn't be attracted by that? But they don't understand the flip side of it. They don't understand the internment camps. They don't understand the lack of, of uh, you know, the loss of rights. The fact that you can't, you know, the irony is you've got all of these communists who go out and, and, and protest and block the streets and stand up in front of City Hall and wrap themselves in black towels and throw things at people. They're, they love their right to free speech. They love their right to, stay, to uh, speak out against the government. They love their right to, quote, unquote, peaceably assemble. But once they they get the communism and the socialism that they so much think that they crave, all of those rights go out the window. If Bernie Sanders gets his way and the United States of America becomes the USSR, it becomes Cuba. If all these social systems come into place and if there is a 70 percent tax and if we are a socialist country, if the government controls every aspect of your life, guess what? You have no control. You don't get to dress in all black and throw urine on people anymore. You don't get to say that the leader is a is a fascist and and the leader is the worst person ever. You don't get to do any of that. You'll be you'll end up in jail. You'll end up in some kind of internment camp. You may end up you may just disappear off the face of the earth one day. All the stuff that you love doing right now, all the rights that you have are gone as soon as you give them up. And by voting for Bernie Sanders, by voting for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, by voting for any socialists, you are slowly but surely giving up all of your rights. So it's up to us, people like me, people like you. I mean, yesterday I posted this. We had a guy call in and say, I'm a first generation American. My father was in Cuba during Castro. And every week he would go and visit his father in the prison camp. And when they were walking through the prison camp, they had these loudspeakers basically just just brainwashing them with with these 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 words saying you're 
relatives are here because they are traitors. Your relatives are here because they've committed treason. Your relatives are terrible, horrible liars who want to overthrow the government. So not only did you have to go to visit your relatives in prison just because they spoke out against the government, you were actually physically brainwashed when you against them when you went to go see them. That's the Cuba that Bernie Sanders is talking about. What, these kids today don't know that. They were, they don't know that. So it's up to you and me and people to call into the show uh, to remind them. Hey, thanks so much for calling. We appreciate it. 855-765-1045. Quick break. Traffic, weather, news. we got Tommy Laren coming up and more of the Mark K shows on the way. It's 104.5 WOKV. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. This is the Mark K Show. I don't care, but you're going to start offending people saying Fat Tuesday. Ha-ha. I don't, I mean, not unless their name's Tuesday. I would think. Anyway, eight five. It is Fat Tuesday. You know what happened? We, uh, my wife has plans tonight, and I'm taking the kids to my mother's. That's but usually we do Pancake Tuesday today because it's Pancake Tuesday, Fat Tuesday, Shrove Tuesday, whatever you call it. But since we all had plans, we did pancakes yesterday at, for dinner with Link Sausage. Oh my God, it was so good. This has nothing at all to do with anything pertinent to um, our world, but it was just something that. That I, I thought I'd try. I put uh, I put bananas and chocolate chips in my pancakes. Mm. So good. Then I poured maple syrup. This is not going to do anything for my elevated triglyceride levels. I'm just telling keep you. Keep going. Keep going. It was it was definitely it was a fat Monday for sure. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. Zalia is on the line from Mississippi. Good morning, Zalia. Thanks so much for calling. How are you? I'm doing you. Oh, doing great. Thanks. Uh, thanks for asking. What did you want to say uh, today, Zalia? I just. Um I want to say about what uh, Bernie said about yeah. raising Fidel. And he was a really bad person with our country. I am from Cuba. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming here to the United States about five years ago. And I can tell you, my people right now, I have my whole family over there. They are really suffering. It's not food. It's not water. We don't have no power. It's really terrible and then i feel so sad seeing all these people uh, in the following bernie um yeah what is it and we appreciate you calling insurance i can tell it's tough for you what is it what do you feel like when you hear the leading presidential candidate for the democratic party on tv saying castro wasn't all that bad because he started a literacy program i feel really really sad and this is the disrespectful for Cuban people, for all the people that there in the in the ocean trying to reach United States, yeah. uh, for all the people that stay in jail over there trying to change the system because they don't let us to... Um, I'm sorry, my English is not really perfect. No, we, we understand what you're saying. We appreciate you calling. No, you're right about that. And, that, and you're not the first person that's called us in the last couple of days since Bernie Sanders said all that and said, uh, you know, um, that said, hey, you know, Castro wasn't all that bad. He, you know why people didn't rise up? They didn't rise up because he gave them health care and he taught their kids. That's why they didn't rise up. No, they didn't rise up because they had a gun in their face saying, if you rise up, you will die. I mean, if those are your choices, you're going to you're just going to sit there and be like, all right, fine. I'll just learn to read and be quiet. And uh, and that's why Bernie Sanders, that's why his comments are just they're have they're reverberating so horribly on both sides of the aisle. I mean, the Republicans, of course, are going to say, guys, this see, we've been telling you like this. You can't say this on TV and not expect us to say you are a communist and you're bad for our country. Then on the left, you, I mean, you're in the middle of a primary, a primary with five other competitors, a primary with one of them uh, who has pledged billions of dollars to defeat you, you know. That as soon as that 60 Minutes um, piece aired on Sunday, Mike Bloomberg's PR team was working overtime to come up with ads, to come up with billboards, to come up with Facebook ads, to pay off all of these Instagram influencers that they have on their on their payroll and say, hey, now it's attack Bernie because he's the dumbest person in the world and he's horrible. Listen to what he said on 60 Minutes. Let's go. Let's go. So you've got the Demo- you've got Bloomberg paying all the Democrats, paying all the uh, all his influencers to attack Bernie. You've got us on the right doing it for free. This guy, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what he's thinking, but he's the front runner now, and he risks maybe he uh, risks maybe um, you know losing that status. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. Bob in Jacksonville, how you doing? 
All right, not too bad. Hey, I got a question for you. Um, at the beginning of the program or the hour, should I say, uh, you mentioned there are like 704 Republicans running in this upcoming election for you know for the House, and that sounds very very encouraging. Yeah. And um, I know for a fact that there are a couple that are running against AOC, and there's a few, including a Desert Storm veteran, if I recollect correctly, that is running against Ilhan Omar. Yeah. Now, I'm wondering if the other two members of the Dingbat Squad got some serious competition in the in this coming election as well. There are, yeah, there are 13 people running against Alexia Ocasio-Cortez. 13 people. One, two, three, four, looks like five Democrats and a whole bunch of Republicans. Now, again, I'm not saying that it's impossible for a Republican to win in the Bronx, but I'm saying that it might be a it's a definitely an uphill battle. But like I said, there's five other Democrats who want her seat. There's five other Democrats who are like, look, you are you do not speak for us. You are we do not want a Green New Deal. We do not want socialism. We do not think Bernie Sanders is, quote unquote, the guy. You know, you've got look, Michael Bloomberg. He won three terms as a Republican in New York City. So if you find an independent or a left-leaning or a more conservative Democrat in the Bronx to really campaign and you throw some money against them uh, or behind them, you might actually see AOC in trouble. You might see her in jeopardy. I mean, it's too soon to tell now, but we'll definitely, uh, you know, that's something we'll definitely follow. All the squad, that's going to be a big, I I would think that from the four squad members, at least one of them isn't going to make it. To the next, I would say at least one of them isn't going to be in the next Congress. If all four of them come back, I will be shocked, especially with this red wave of enthusiasm that is that is getting all of these people here in here in Florida and in Georgia and all across the country. To, I mean, when was the last when was the last time thirteen people wanted to unseat somebody in in a district? I mean, even in New York, I mean, the Bronx, it's a district, but it's a small district, and now all of a sudden, thirteen people. Are that offended by the dumb things you've said in the last two years? And it's only been two years, I'd like to point out. She's been a congressperson for almost two years. And in that two years, she has said and acted in a way that has embarrassed her constituency so much that 13 people have stepped up to run against her. That is that right there is a testament to to what's happening in the Democratic Party and how much the average person, the average American, whether they're left leaning or right leaning, doesn't lean that far left and doesn't think that Bernie Sanders brand of politics is good for this country. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five. Joe in Middlebury. Hey, Joe, how's it going? OK, how are you? Oh, doing great, Joe. Thanks so much for asking. I have a problem with you using the word democratic, as in Democratic Party. Yeah. Democratic Democratic is an adjective saying that it supports democracy. We only have one Democratic Party, and it's the Republicans. Yeah, we have a Democrat Party. We have a Democrat running for president. Right. We have a Democrat debate. We don't have Democratic anything on that side. If I called the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, I feel like that would confuse people. So that's why I that's why I don't. Hey, but I, I appreciate your call. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for calling. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five. I mean, Republican is also an adjective. So that we don't call it the Republic Party. You call it the Republican Party. So, yeah, we can argue semantics, but I'd rather just argue uh, about something else. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five. This is Stefan in California. How you doing, Stefan? Hi, how are you doing? Hey, good, man. What do you want to say, Stefan? Oh, I just had a question. Um, I have um, a friend who's a Bernie bro. Oh, no. And and I try to argue socialism is bad. And he throws out, um, oh, well, we have disability, we have firemen, we have teachers. Those are all social programs. And I just don't know how to counter-argue that, I guess, is my question. He's saying that that because we offer disability and free school, that that's that's socialism? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. All right. Hang on. Let's take a quick break, Stephen. Hang on. Let's take Stephen. Keep listening. We're gonna we're gonna take a quick break, and uh, we'll we'll get to that here in just a minute. It's the uh, it's the Mark K Show on one hundred four point five WOKV. We'll be right back. This is the Mark K Show. My name is Mark K. Tommy Laren, we believe, is 
Wally well, was calling in at 11.30. We scheduled this, and then I, uh, Josh, here's what happened. We needed the, because we have a private number for, you know, people that we we need to get through immediately, like our boss and Tommy Laren and uh, Jimmy John's. The hotline. Lost. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy John's. So, so when they're like, where are you again, Roy? 11700. <laughs> anyway, so we, so we give, so that's the line that's the important line that's like the direct line cuts through all the BS. Now, I don't ever remember that line. So whenever, for example, Tommy's people wrote to me and said, hey, Mark, what's the number to call for Tommy? I have to then text Josh and say, hey, what's the hotline number again? And then he sends it to me. And then I have to make sure that I get it back to them without screwing up any of the numbers. So I and I always second guess myself. But we just double checked. Looks like we on our end, at least we're good. Right. Yeah. I trust us. I trust us. We'll see. And like I said, she's pretty she's never let us down before. Um, for Tuesdays with Tommy. So we'll see. And she's been, she's been all over the place. She was in Nevada. She was at the debate. Um, I'm pretty sure she'll be, she'll be traveling around on Super Tuesday. We'll talk to her and we'll find out what's going on, uh, in her life and get her take on the important events of the day. 855-765-1045. Why are you hitting the table too? Cause that, it was passionate. Oh, yeah, it was good. It was good. It was inspiration. Important notes today. Richard in Utah. Hi, Richard. Utah. How are you? Okay. How are you? Hey, good. What are you guys going to do about Mitt Romney? Mm. Mm, I know. Just talk I, don't like, I don't like him at all. Yeah, I should get rid of him. I know. You got four more years, though. Of t- anyway, that's neither here nor there. What are you calling about today, Richard? Well, I'm calling about two things. I said one thing to your answering guy. But the first one is, before Donald Trump got put in, you know, uh, when uh, Obama and his vice president were standing on stage with the family. Yeah. And there's a, little, a young girl there. She looked like about 12 years old in a white dress. And Biden was sitting there trying to talk to her, and he's making her feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Then he got down and whispered in her ear, and she pulled away from him. Yeah. Um, because she, her, parents, you her parents taught her well. Yes. Yeah. I agree with that. And the other thing is, is they had thing like when you come on the, a live thing, and I get when I see live that you're on, I automatically go to you. And there's another one where he was talking to some people in a little audience, and this man brought up the thing about $83,000 a month or whatever it was. Yeah, and, uh, that, right. You know? Yeah, no, I know. And he, Yeah, but he called him a liar. Now, I want, I want, I just want your thoughts on both of them because I listen to you to learn politics, okay? Yeah, okay, sure. Richard, and I, I prefer... You're, oh, you do. All right. Well, Richard, I, I respect, first of all, thank you so much for watching us on Facebook. And thanks when you get that notification. I'm waving to you right now that you jump in and watch. And, and we have people from all over the world now doing that. Uh, and, and like I said, we do appreciate a couple things about Joe Biden. You're right. I mean, the Joe Biden creeping people out. That is that is old news. I mean, that is the first thing that slowly but surely chipped away at him. Then it was the Ukraine scandal, which you're talking about um, his son, Hunter, getting the eighty three thousand dollars a month uh, from from uh, Burisma for basically doing nothing. And yes, then what happened was Joe Biden went out on the campaign trail and people started calling him on it. Don't forget. Now, don't forget about the dog faced pony uh, soldier. Do we have we need to get that on the button? Did we get that on the button bar? We haven't touched that button bar in months. All right, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do that. But then, you know, Joe, dust on that button bar. What happens is Joe Biden he goes out Probably. and he tries to be folksy and he tries to be a, one of the guys and he tries to be like you know the cool uncle. But in the end, he just becomes creepy old Joe Biden because he's so out of touch. He doesn't know how to communicate in today's uh, in today's age. He doesn't know what the boundaries are, both physically and verbally, and he doesn't understand that when you're at a campaign event and somebody asked you a question about your son getting money from a foreign company in the Ukraine just because they know you, just because you're related to them and that they're buying access, you can say, hey, look, I disagree with that. Or you could say, hey, that's not the reason. But Joe Biden doesn't do that because he's folksy old Joe Biden with the No Malarkey Express. And he goes, you're a damn liar. You know, and that's the clip that goes viral because he doesn't understand how the Internet works. And when he when he calls another girl, he goes, you ever been to Iowa court, you lying dog face pony soldier. He doesn't understand. Nobody cares what he's talking about. Nobody cares who he's talking about. All we're going to remember is dog face pony soldier. And Joe Biden is creepy. So Joe Biden, he may look, he may have been in Washington long enough to know how to do the job, but he cannot market himself. He doesn't know how to get elected. He doesn't know how to get the votes. He doesn't know how to get the delegates. There's, you know, before you can govern, you've got to get the job. 
Before you can become president of the United States, you've got to convince the boss that you're the person that sh that can do it better than anyone. And the boss, the boss is 120 million Americans who go out and vote. And Donald Trump was the one who was able to convince the boss, I'm the best person for the job. And now, for the, he's been doing the job for the past three years, and everyone seems to pretty much like what he's doing. And a couple other people are knocking on the door going, no, you know what, we can do the job better. But they're just not proving it. And Joe Biden is, is at the top of that list of people who just don't know. He just doesn't interview well is really what it is. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm really I'm a great worker, but I just can't, I don't interview well. Uh, I, that, that's Joe Biden's problem. I mean, imagine if you went into let's say you wanted a new job. OK. And you walk in, you put on your nice suit and you go in there and you go, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. I'm, you know, I'm Mark K. I'm here for the job. And they go, all right, well, have you ever, uh, you know, have you ever worked in radio before? And I go, uh, I go, yes, I have. And they say, oh, well, you know what? We looked at your resume and we can't see any prior radio experience. And what if I looked at that person and said, you're a lion dog face pony soldier. Do you think that they would hire me? Well, in radio, probably, but that's this is a horrible industry because that's you know, what's what's normal in most industries is not normal. It's abnormal. It's a bad example, but you understand my my whole point. I hope eight five and thanks again for watching. I appreciate it. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five is the number. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. Let's go to Dan real quick in McClenny. Hey, Dan, how are you? Hi, how are you doing today? Great, Dan. What do you want to say, sir? Enjoy your show. I uh was thinking about Russian interference. I go back to 1956, November 18th, when Khrushchev said, we will take you without firing a shot. We'll do it from within. Yeah. It's been very subtle all this time. And people say, oh, Russian interference. Well, it's not just Russian, it's communist interference. Yeah. It's been going on a long time. That's exactly, they could, they, that's a great way to put it. They will take you over without firing a shot. And that's exactly what's happening. You know, there's another, uh, if I were the devil, was this, this, this uh, monologue by Paul Harvey. And it, the guy was just, a, I mean, the guy was a genius and he was so prophetic. And he basically said, if I were the devil, here's how I would take over the world. And it's every, it's almost everything that the Democrats have been doing for the last 20 years. We'll play that one day. That's a good one. 855-765-1045. We'll have to check the copyright status of that before we play it. Maybe we'll have to act it out. I don't know. 855-765-1045. All right. We believe Tommy Laird is joining us next right here on the Mark K Show on 104.5 WOKV. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. This is the Mark K Show. This Mark K Show has to be the stupidest show on radio. Get off the air, Mark K, you suck. All right, give me like uh, give me like twenty minutes, then I'll be <laughs> then I'll be out of your hair. Eight five eight five five seven six five one zero four five. Thank you for leaving your open mic messages. By the way, you can do so in our mobile app. It's available on the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store. Just go to one zero four point five W O K V. All right, ladies, we are so excited to have back with us. And as she said, when I just talked to her over there, she's like, "It's been so long," which I could tell the tone in her voice was like, uh, "Why don't you never call anymore?" Uh, but we're so glad to have her back on for Tuesdays with Tommy from Fox and Fox Nation. Tommy Laren joins us. Hey. Tommy, how are you? I'm great. Good to talk to you. Good to be back on. You have been all over the place, man. I saw you. You were in Nevada, Las Vegas. You were behind the scenes at the debate. You were you were creeping on Pete Buttigieg on your Instagram story I saw, which was how was Nevada? Well, it was great. You know, I went to school in Vegas, so yeah. it was kind of going back. And it's funny because even though I didn't graduate that long ago, it's become far more blue than it was when I lived there. Yeah. So it's interesting to see the dynamics change. But, I mean, I think Bernie Sanders uh, winning that uh, caucus there kind of tells us everything we need to know. I'm pretty disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, yeah, well, well, yeah, a lot of people are. Let's talk about Bernie Sanders, because as soon as that happened, I mean, the, the Democratic media just, I mean, you saw them. They all went crazy. He's going to be the guy. This can't be happening. We need to know this is the end of the party. I mean, even Anderson Cooper's piece with him was not, I mean, you could tell Anderson Cooper, no big fan of Bernie Sanders. Do you think he's going to be walking away after Super Tuesday with the delegates tied, you know, basically wrapping up the nomination in, in early March? And do you think that's a huge problem, of course, for the Democratic Party? 
I don't think he's going to run away with the nomination. No, I think it's going to be contentious. I think we're going to go all the way to the bitter end with this one. But, you know, here's the thing. I think a lot of Republicans are saying that the the DNC is screwing over Bernie Sanders like they did in 2016. And I don't disagree with that. But I also, like the Democrats, am very fearful of having an open socialist being the nominee for what could be the presidency of the United States. I think that's terrifying. But I do think that people are overestimating Bernie Sanders' support. I said this oftentimes. It's because all the moderates are dividing votes and he's getting all the radicals. He's getting all the passioned, loony radicals that Mm -hmm. are coming out to vote for him. And yes, it's something we need to pay attention to. But also keep in mind, the rest of the moderates out there are scraping up those votes to try to put them together while Bernie's getting all the nutcases out there. So I think he's overestimating his support a little bit. That is true. And not only are they dividing it six ways, but the other thing is that the people that go out and vote for the primaries are, are are way fewer than the people that actually come out for the general elect election in November. You're talking about diehard political activists who take the to who even know when their primary is, because I guarantee here in Florida, nine out of 10 people have no idea when they're supposed to go vote. And so that you're getting these people that are that are really I mean, he's corralling them and he's sending them to the polls, as is are the as are all the candidates. Well, exactly. And I think that especially when we hit that general election, if Bernie is indeed their man, uh, you're not going to see this this amazing support for Bernie like you're seeing right now, because the fact of the matter is a lot of those moderate Democrats, they're going to be voting for Donald Trump. If they didn't already in 2016, they're certainly going to when they have a socialist on the ticket. So we need to pay attention to Bernie. I don't like a socialist getting anywhere near that White House. But I'm not worried about Donald Trump this election. I'm far more concerned with 2024 and beyond because we're going to have socialists cropping up for the Democrats. That is going to be their choice moving forward, and we need to pay attention and get tough. All right, now we've been talking a lot about the uh, the overwhelming number of Republicans who have stepped up, who have gotten off the bench, as this one woman from Georgia says, and now over 700 Republicans vying for congressional districts in this election, which is a record for the Republican Party. They, I think, are sensing that urgency. You see that, hey, Donald Trump, four more years, we got it, but what happens after that? They're taking this moment to really kind of jump in there. Do you feel like we have a chance to see Republicans take back the House of Representatives, which would be, I mean, that's a a shot of B-12 in Donald Trump's arm for the next four years. Oh, I certainly hope so, and I'm glad that people are getting reinvigorated. But, you know, I do say this as well. I hate to be a pessimist, but we had the House and Senate for two years, and what did we do with it? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. (laughs) We didn't didn't build a wall. So I hope that these Republicans are going in. I hope that they're flipping seats. I hope they're taking back seats. But if they get there and they don't give us a wall and they don't vote on tough immigration policy and they don't vote for the American people and get something done, then, in my opinion, they're they're no better than the Democrats. So let's get in some real conservatives in there that want to make a change and are actually going to do what they say they're going to do during campaign season. All right, uh, Tommy Laren, you were in Nevada for the debate, the Michael Bloomberg beatdown. What was that like after the fa- I mean, Michael Bloomberg was the target. Do you think he's going to continue to be the target tonight? Or do you think that all guns will be pointed directly at Bernie Sanders based on his uh, caucus performance? You know, I think they're going to take aim at both of them. Yeah. But it's difficult for someone like an Elizabeth Warren or others that are more on the, the socialist side to take aim at Bernie Sanders because their plans are very similar. It's just Bernie is very forthright about his socialist plans. But I think they're still going to go after Mike because he is the easier target. Uh, it's much easier than going after Bernie, who's got that huge fan base, the Bernie bros that are very aggressive. So I think they're going to see them beat up on Mike. But, you know, he's got the money. So at this point, he doesn't really care. I think he took some hard hits in Nevada, obviously, especially from the the Me Too type folks. But at the end of the day, he's got a lot of money. And they're going to want that money. If if Mike does drop out, the rest of them are going to be vying for that cash. Do you think after South Carolina we lose somebody? Or do you think they all have what it takes to stick through next Tuesday and then start uh, start calling it quits? I'm not sure Biden could stick through anything at this point. I mean, <laughs> hey, I'm he's not back. sure he did make it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> he said he's I'm back. Sure he Nevada, he did it. His appointment. Yeah. <laughs> South Carolina is supposed to be his firewall, and now he's saying that he never said that because he's worried about South Carolina. Yeah. But, you know, I think if Biden doesn't do well in South Carolina, which he once thought was his firewall, I think it's time for him to pack it in. It's time for him to go maybe to the nursing home, to a nice assisted living facility, get some crayons, and just call it a day. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just bet he'd come out with like crayons all over his face, I'm sure. Um, all right, so we've got the big debate tonight. We've got the the, the uh, vote in South Carolina on Saturday, and then of course Super Tuesday coming up next week in California. Now you're back in California, and you live there. Is that we get a lot of calls from California? We get a lot of people saying, "Man, I hate that California's so blue. I hate that California's so liberal because I live here too, and all of my friends love Trump." What is California shaping up to look like in this election? I mean, is it is it something that is just solidly blue or is there a rumble? Is there a chance at all that if Donald Trump came in and campaigned, held some rallies, that he might have a more of a shot than anyone's had really since Ronald Reagan on the right hand side of the uh, ticket? Well, hey, look, I don't think that uh, California is going to be voting for Donald Trump. But when you come to some of these congressional races and other races, I do think Republicans could do well if yeah. they stuck to two very simple points. Lower your taxes, mm -hmm. keep you safe. Mm -hmm. That's really all you need to do in California because the people are sick and tired of the taxes and regulations strangulating their income. And they're sick and tired of being fearful when they walk down the street because of our homeless epidemic, because of our drug epidemic, because of everything else, the felon-friendly laws in this state that make it unsafe for decent law-abiding Americans. However, I will say this. Our biggest problem in California and why we won't be going red for, I would say, five to ten years, is because of voter fraud, and I've been following it very closely, but we have a voter fraud epidemic in this state, and that's why when you talk to a lot of people from California, they say, oh, I'm conservative, all my friends are conservative, I don't get how we're getting all these liberals, I don't get why we have this majority. Well, yeah. look no further than our election integrity issue. What's, what are the biggest issues with election integrity in California? Well, we've got 11 days of voting. Right. Um, you can vote here in L.A., you can vote in any place in L.A. County. So you can go for 11 days, go to our vote centers. You can vote anywhere in L.A. County. Oh, yeah, and by the way, we're pushing vote by mail, <laughs> which is right for fraud. And we've got a ballot harvesting problem. So put all those things together, and you couldn't make it any easier for voter fraud. Oh, by the way, Mark, we have our motor voter program where illegal immigrants who get their driver's licenses, because they can get those in this state, yeah. are automatically put on those voter rolls. But don't worry. California says they don't end up voting. If you believe that, I've got a bridge to nowhere to sell you as well. Tommy Laren, check out her book, by the way, if you haven't already, Never Play Dead, How the Truth Makes You Unstoppable. Uh, it's a great read. And also on Fox Nation, you're going to be talking a lot more about voter fraud coming up, right? Next week, I've got a whole episode, and I, it is California-based, but I tell you guys, it's coming to a state near you. Everything that starts in California works its way over, so pay attention to the problems we have here and how they're destroying this state. You can make sure it doesn't happen to yours, because we need somewhere to flee. Tommy Laren from Fox Nation. Tommy, thank you so much. We will not stay apart this long again, especially now that we're getting into all these conventions. We want to hear your opinion. We want to hear what you're up to, so we will definitely keep in touch. Have a great day. Thanks for calling. Absolutely. Have a great day, guys. Nope. Enjoy that debate tonight. Yeah, give it. Give it. <laughs> we all, we always do. Give it up for Tommy Lauren, everybody. This is the Marquee Show. Woo! Quick break. Uh, 855-765-1045. If you want to get through 855-765-1045, it's the Marquee Show. More of your phone calls coming up on 104.5 WOKV. <laughs> My name is Mark K. Thanks for joining us. 855-765-1045 is our number. Tommy Laren, always fun to talk to her. She's always, you can always tell when she gets fired up about something and vote. But she's, by the way, the second person uh, of Renette, someone, the second intelligent and well-known person to talk about voter fraud. We had Herman Cain on the show a couple months ago, and he said, uh, the, the big issue this year is going to be voter fraud. And I said, oh, let's talk about that. He goes, I'm not ready to talk about it, but one day we're going to talk about voter fraud. And I said, okay, great. We'll have you back on the show. Now we should we should probably get Herman Cain back on the show to talk about voter fraud, seeing as how not only is it an issue in California, apparently it's an issue with Herman Cain in Georgia and probably around the country. And it's going to be something that Donald Trump and all the Republicans definitely want to make sure they've got um, they've got a plan for. 855-765-1045. Don in Callahan. How you doing, Don? Thanks for calling the Marquee Show. Thanks for your show. Thanks for everything you do. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that that. At Tommy Laren, she was spot on, and especially with the Republicans sitting on their hands uh, for two years when they had power. Uh, of course, to be they shouldn't have been fence setters to begin with. But to be fair, every day since Trump's been well, since he announced he's had a daily colonoscopy, and they've got some a new uh, scandal against him every day that yeah. turns out to be nothing. So a lot of them were sitting there on the fence, wondering which way it was going to go. Uh, but but now they don't have any excuses, and if they get power back, 
uh, it'll be their detriment if they don't uh, follow through and help him. I, I typically vote Republican, but I'm not particularly a Republican. I'm more of a libertarian patriot. Mm. Uh, and whoever does what they say that I didn't vote for. I didn't vote for Trump in the primary. I thought this guy's a showman. He's a P.T. Barnum. I had, you know, I, I figured he'd come in there and just mess things up. I've never been more pleasantly surprised than whenever he become president. That's and I think people really ought to appreciate uh, the, especially the tax benefits yeah. from, uh, if nothing else, just uh, 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 just appreciate that. Don, that's Fox a great point. News, Chris Chris Wallace stinks. He's completely Trump, <laughs> and he's not even curious about things going on. These, these, if the intelligence people brief these politicians in a classified briefing, why yeah. are they coming out talking about it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And why aren't you asking? Well, why are you talking about it? Yeah. I mean, look, that's a, that's a, that's a, all great issues, man. That's a, Don. We appreciate you calling. We appreciate you being so candid with us too. I want to mention one thing. The first thing you mentioned about how how uh, you know the the Democrats or I'm sorry the Republicans. You agree with Tommy Lahren that look. Donald Trump got elected. He had the House of Representatives under Republican control. And what did they do? They sat on their hands. Fair statement. All we got was a tax cut. And then they all they all ducked their tails between their legs. They ran. Nancy Pelosi rolled on in with her band of merry idiots and took over the joint. And it's been it's been a hellacious, uh, you know, um, impeachment fest ever since then. It's been impeachment palooza since 2018. And that's a fair statement. I think that this is kind of the cyclical thing. I think this is kind of what had to happen. You know, the whole the Lord works in mysterious ways or you have to purge. You know, you have to you have to cauterize the wound first. So Donald Trump comes in. He's the future of the Republican Party. He's the leader that we want and need. But the Congress just can't buy into what he's selling. The Congress just can't get behind this modern conservatism that Donald Trump is using this this in your face, bombastic Republican uh, agenda and, and a way to make that agenda happen, make it real. They can't get behind it. So you got to get rid of them. And how do you do that? Well, the blue wave comes in and you get all these crazy Democrats like AOC and the squad and everybody else. Then what happens is they spend two years attacking Donald Trump. Well, the rest of us now say, hey, this is not at all what we planned. This is not at all what we need. So now you have people like this. You have people like this Gavin Rollins, who is just who is a huge Trump supporter. Fought, listen to this. He fought under Donald Trump uh, when uh, Donald Trump was commander as uh, his commander in chief. Let me play that. I actually had the honor of serving under President Trump. Uh, he was my commander in chief uh, the last part of our deployment and took the gloves off and really prosecuted the war against terrorists and yeah and now he's running for congress because he wants to take that same mentality and bring it to the florida third district since ted yoho's uh you know saying so long and that may be what culminates in the best congress ever maybe that's what happened had to happen maybe the progression was donald trump comes in he scares away paul ryan and all these other all these other weak-minded uh lily-livered republicans the democrats come in and pummel donald trump for two years they nominate a socialist like Bernie Sanders. Then the rest of the Trump Republicans come out of the woodwork and say, hey, enough is enough. Now it's our, Now we're running and we're taking over. And then maybe the next four years, that could be utopia. Who knows? Who knows? 855 or Nirvana or whatever other rock band you want to use to describe it. 855-765-1045. Thanks to Tommy Laren for joining us today. Uh, tomorrow's whatever you want Wednesday. If there's something you want to talk about, leave us an open mic message and we'll get it on the air. Stay tuned. Traffic, weather, news. Rush Limbaugh coming up next on 104.5 WOKV. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. 